Hey, good morning, Lead Church. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Well, look at you all showed up. Give yourselves a round of applause. Good to have you here this morning. I'm excited about what God's doing here. We've kicked off a new series uh, this, this uh, month together called uh, The God I Never Knew, and uh, we dove right in last week. We're going to keep going in that this week, but uh, man, I, I'm just, I'm excited about where God has taken our spiritual family. Uh, is anybody with me on that? Are you excited about where we're heading? I'm telling you, there's something in me. Sarah was just whispering in my ear on the front row while you were meeting and greeting, but there, we're going somewhere. I'm telling you, uh, the, the Holy Spirit is up to something. And uh, you, you get to choose whether you want to be part of it or not. And so I'm glad that you've made that choice today. Come on, give yourselves a round of applause. So I do, I, I, man, you know, a lot of times I come up here and I do a lot of preliminaries and stuff. But I, I, last couple of weeks, I just want to dive right in. Can we dive right in today? Uh, just because, man, I, my heart's full. I want to make sure that I got time to communicate it to you clearly and skip all the peripheral stuff. So, uh, but, but that being said, I, I do know this about this topic, uh, about the Holy Spirit, that I could literally preach on this for years on end and never fully cover everything that there is uh, to say about that on a Sunday morning. And so I want to encourage you uh, that in your daily disciplines, make this something that you're studying out as well, that you're, you're searching the heart of the Father regarding your relationship with the Holy Spirit. I want to give you a tool to do that. Uh, the tool is a, a book that I've actually used to put this series together. I've had several different sources, but one that I want to recommend to you this morning. How many of y'all have ever heard of Robert Morris? Anybody know who I'm talking about? Small little church up in the Dallas area. Go check it out sometime. You know, like 10,000 or something. I don't know. Uh, but he wrote a book called The God That I Never Knew. Actually, that's where we got our series titled from, The God I Never Knew. Uh, and it's how, to, how real friendship with the Holy Spirit can change your life. Listen, um, I am not a subject matter expert on this topic by any means, and I have to study as well. And so I find people that are way more studied than me, and I get underneath them, and I learn what they're teaching. Let me tell you, Robert Morris is probably one of the most studied individuals on this topic, and this book right here is phenomenal. Uh, I would encourage you, if you want to go deeper with what we're learning, man, pick this up, pick up a copy. Uh, maybe we can even figure out how to get a few of them available here on Sunday mornings for you. But I'm telling you, if you want to go deeper, Robert Morris, The God I Never Knew. Somebody take this book for me. Don't give it away. This is my book, okay? <laughs> I'll give you something later, all right? <laughs> so, hey, uh, let's, uh, let's dive right in. If you have your Bibles, uh, go ahead and open them up to the book of Acts. Uh, we'll be there momentarily. We've got a key verse that we're really honing in on on this series. But I want to pray for you. I'm going to kind of just do a little review of last week. And then, I, I, man, I'm excited where God's going to take us today. Uh, so, Father, we, we invite you into this place right now. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this house. We welcome you here. Holy Spirit, we don't want to have a conversation about you without you present in the room. So Holy Spirit, through the worship, we know that you were ushered in. We welcome you here. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see what you are saying and what you're doing in this place, Father, so that we can grow in our knowledge of you. We love you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. amen. You know, when you look at the subject that we're talking about, man, I'm telling you, you can, you can, the chasm is wide where you can land on this. You know, you can go clear over here and you can go clear over here, but there's a middle ground that we're helping really discover. And the, and the reason that we're doing this study is we really want to discover the why 
behind why Jesus said to some of his closest friends uh, before he left this earth that, that, that it is good for you that I'm going away. It's good for you because somebody else is going to come as a helper to you. And, and not long before Jesus ascended into heaven, he had died on the cross, he'd risen again, and not long before he ascended into heaven, uh, he said to his disciples, those that he loved and were close to, he said, listen, it is better to have the presence of the Holy Spirit in you than to have me physically walking with you in this earth. Now, I don't know about you, but that just baffles my mind because I think Jesus in the physical is the best thing. Like, I, you know, if I could have Jesus walk through every day with me, uh, you know, right there, Josh, don't do that. Josh, do this. I, I would be, come on, would anybody join me? I would be way better. I would be like the best Christian there ever was if Jesus was right there with me. So it baffles me that he says in his word, listen, it's better that I go because there's somebody greater that I want to send your way. And so he's, Jesus knew that he was going to send the Holy Spirit, and that was going to be our helper. He was going to be our helper. He was going to be our comforter. He was going to become, if we would allow him, and still available today, our closest friend, our closest friend that the Bible actually says sticks closer than a brother. Now, that doesn't work so well in my house right now. I just got to be honest, with a six-year-old and a 13-year-old, uh, that's not a good analogy. But for those of you that are older that have a brother, maybe you can catch the connection there. Uh, but we're still working on that in the Watson household a little bit. Come on, somebody. But last week, we learned in this conversation, we, we really talked about two things. And, and I helped bring revelation to a couple things. Number one, we said the Holy Spirit's not weird. <laughs> People are, right? Everybody remember. The Holy Spirit's not weird. We're the weird ones. We're the ones that do weird things in the name of the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit's not weird. But the second thing, and kind of where we ended, landed the plane last week, which is where we're going to pick up today, is I, as I, I gave you the secret sauce. I said there is a secret sauce to living in a fulfilled life. There is a, a secret to living a powerful, engaging life. And I gave you two things. Anybody remember what they are? There, it's God's word, help me out, plus what? God's spirit. That's it. God's word plus God's spirit. That's the secret sauce to life. And I encourage you, if you didn't hear last week's message, I want you to go back and listen to that. Pick it up. You can go to lead.church, and all of our messages are on there. And I, I would encourage you, get that in your spirit, because the Holy Spirit's not weird, number one. We're the weird ones. And number two, it, the secret to this thing is God's word, his word in us, plus the Holy Spirit. That's the key. And so I want to start, and I want to look at today, continuing this conversation Really, the Spirit's power through us. What does that look like, the Spirit's power through us? And, and let me start by asking you a question this morning. I want to ask you this question. Have you ever felt like in your life you lacked confidence in standing up for Christ? Have you ever felt that way? I see some hands going up. Some of us maybe were just, you know, not really listening or whatever. But I think a lot of us... <laughs> I think a lot of us would agree that, that, that there's been moments that we haven't had the confidence that we wish that we had. You know, perhaps you're living in a place in your life where you feel a lack of boldness in your life. You, and you've even, maybe even been ashamed of Christ. You're like, oh, I, don't, I feel shameful even mentioning this. 
You know, perhaps you're in that place, and maybe, you're at, you, maybe you realize, man, you missed an important moment where you could have stood up. Maybe you didn't stand up. You didn't have the courage to say what you know the Lord had placed on your heart to say. You're like, man, I just didn't have the confidence, the boldness to do this. Well, listen to me. I want you to feel good about yourself this morning. You're not alone because whether you raised your hand or not, every single person in this room has had that experience. Even better... We can look at God's word through the periscope of time and we can see that that's nothing new. That actually there's people in the Bible that experience that too. In fact, right off top here, I want to I tell you the story about Peter. Peter's somebody that we celebrate today and we, we read his story and, and the amazing things that he does. He, he was one of the closest disciples to Jesus and, and he was one of Jesus' three closest friends. But on Jesus' toughest day, The day that he was to be crucified, within 24 hours he would be crucified, Peter, not once, not twice, but three times, the Bible tells us, not just denied, he completely denied that he ever even knew Jesus. So he had that moment of what he couldn't stand up for his faith and what he believed in. But here's what's interesting to me in this conversation. 50 days later, the same Peter, On the day of Pentecost, after the Holy Spirit had come, after he had been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, we read that literally he preached, he had the boldness to preach to thousands about who Jesus was and what he had done, and it says that thousands were added to the church because of that. That's amazing. Now, here's the deal. It wasn't a different man. It wasn't a different Peter. It was the same Peter, but it was a different power. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It was the same Peter, but the difference was the Holy Spirit had filled him, and now he had the confidence and the boldness to even face his own death and stand up and say, I am going to boldly proclaim Jesus Christ to the lost. That's amazing to me. And perhaps today, maybe you're feeling increasingly insecure as a Christian because we in the progressively unchristian culture that we live in, it's easy to feel that way. And maybe there's an emptiness or you're dissatisfied in your life as a Christian. Maybe there's not the fire or the flame that just once was there, the zeal, the excitement that you used to have, and you've kind of plateaued in your relationship with him. Well, I want to encourage you today that you can experience... 100% a deeper love for Jesus. And you can see his power in your life when you welcome in the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit upon your life. So let me just encourage you. There is more than enough power that is available to you today, still today, of the infilling, the Bible says, of the Holy Spirit. Every day it's available to you. There's more than enough of his power available. And if we will just do a couple things, if we'll ask and receive and then step out in faith with what he's asking us to do, listen to me. He operates supernaturally through our life. He does that. And every single one of us has the ability to have that relationship with him. So what I want to do is I want you to open up your Bibles to the book of John. 
If you have a Bible, you can follow along. It's going to be on the screen. You can also go to mylead.church, and all our notes are on there. Go to lead.church. I'm sorry, not mylead.church. Go to lead.church. All our notes are on there. You can follow along with us uh, today. But I want to go to John chapter 14. We're going to read a passage of Scripture together. This is going to kind of serve as the anchor today. And then we're going to break some things apart, okay? It says this in verse 16. And I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Everybody say forever. Just so it's clear, that's like forever, okay? The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and he will be in you. Everybody say with you. And in you. With you, he dwells with you, and he will be in you. We've been learning a lot about this helper in this conversation that we're having. The friend Jesus is speaking of right here. And Jesus is saying, I'm about to head back to heaven, but before, you, before I do, I want you to be aware that you need help. Lots of help. How many of I, I, I kind of see this playing out in my mind. Jesus is there with the disciples that he'd spent three and a half years with, and he realizes, I'm about to go, and they need an enormous amount of help. Anybody have a middle schooler or, uh, you know, somebody younger that you know, like, you have to help them out the door every day? I think that's how Jesus was looking at the disciples. He's like, my God, they're going to need some help. And he said, I got to go, guys. I can't stay with you. You're my bros. You're my homies. But I got to go. But I'm not leaving you alone because I've seen the things that you've said and done. And he said, I I'm going to send somebody right away. Don't do anything until he comes. And that's where we're at. In fact, Jesus clearly states later in Luke chapter 24, verse 49, he says to the disciples, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Everybody say, upon you. Do you hear this language? You hear he's with you, he's in you, and he's upon you. That's significant. There's three ways that we interact with the Holy Spirit. He's, he's going to send him upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So Jesus, he's risen from the dead, and he's speaking with his disciples, and he's saying, listen, the promise of the Holy Spirit is coming. Just wait in Jerusalem until he shows up. Now, you might be asking, weren't the disciples already Christians? Absolutely. Yes, they had an intimate relationship with Jesus, but they had not been filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit yet. And Jesus says, this is so important that I don't want you to do any ministry without me until he shows up. And Jesus was speaking of the promise of the tangible presence of God coming upon, everybody say upon, their life. And so maybe you're asking also the question, well, where's the Holy Spirit today? That's a great question. Let me give you the answer to that. Because there's really three places that the Holy Spirit is according to Scripture. According to Scripture, we find out, number one, the Holy Spirit, you can write this down, extra information, he's in the world. The Bible says that he's here in this world, he's convicting people of their sin, 
He's convicting of God's righteousness and the coming judgment. And this is all according to John 16.8. Now, that word convicting, a lot of times in our culture, we think of convicting and we think about a criminal that just got tried in court and he was convicted of something. Jesus is using this right here in a different way. What the word is actually saying, I'm convincing you. The Holy Spirit is here convincing you, convincing you of sin. That there is sin in your life. I'm, con- I'm here to convince you of it. I'm here to convince you of a righteous God. And I'm here to convince you that there is judgment coming. Be warned. That's what that scripture is saying there. So number one, he's in the world. The Holy Spirit's here in this world. Number two, he's in believers. He's in you. Look at your neighbor and say, he's in you. He's leading us in truth. He's, he's helping us to pray. He's, he's helping us to become more. Sorry about my mic there. He's helping us to become more like Jesus. The second, the moment that you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes into you. In fact, the Bible actually tells us in another passage, it says that it's impossible for us to be saved without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who comes into us and gives us that experience. So number one, he's in the world. Number two, he's in believers. And then number three, he comes upon believers. There's that word again. He fills them with power, that dynamite power that we talked about last week, that dunamis power to do great things in this world for God. In fact, the key verse that we're reading, Acts 1.8, let's go there together, it talks about that. It says this, it says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, we modernized that last week, and we said, Jesus was basically saying, listen, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Pflugerville, in the greater Austin area, in Texas, in the United States, and to the ends of the earth. That's, what, that's the, the method that he's taking them through there, the process that he's saying. And Jesus says, listen, you're going to have a dynamite power, an explosive power that's going to come upon you, and, and you will be my witnesses with that power of who I am, what I'm doing, and what you need to do in your life. The, the Holy Spirit empowers us to walk supernaturally with God. He makes us a conduit of God's power in his grace. That's what he does. And I want to bring just a little bit of clarity to this message right here and, and a little bit more understanding. Because last week I said that the Holy Spirit's not weird, and I, and I stand by that. The Holy Spirit is not weird. But what he is, is supernatural. Do you hear me? He's not weird, he's supernatural. And what's, what does supernatural mean? It means not of the ordinary. It means not natural. He's not limited like we are to the natural. He works outside of the natural. So there might be some things that you see when it's regarding the Holy Spirit, some power that he gives us that is, that is beyond you. It's supernatural. Are you following me on this? He's not weird. He's supernatural. Everybody understand? Are you tracking with me this morning? And so I just got a question. How many of you, based off of your life so far, recognize that you need and would like the supernatural power of God in your life? 
I don't know about you, but I got both hands up and all my toes are pointing up right now too. We need that in our life. I want to encourage you. Dustin plugged it, but man, come next week. Come next week. It's going to be a powerful weekend at Lead Church. Start Saturday, get involved with what's going on Saturday. But next Sunday night, man, encounter night, we are carving out time for those of you that just put your hand in the air and said, yes, I need the supernatural power of God in my life. I'm inviting all of you, come Sunday night. Because I'm telling you, we are going to lay hands on and we're going to believe for God's power in your life. And we're going to do it according to what the Bible's told us. Amen? Yeah. So if you want that, let's look forward to it together. My great good friend, Pastor Mark Evans, is going to be here with us leading in that. Now I'm telling you, you don't want to miss He's hilarious. But he's also man, a, a man of the word of God that will t- lead us in paths of righteousness. And so I want to do, with the rest of our time today, what I want to do is I want to answer two questions for you. Two questions that a lot of us have, and I just want to look at them briefly, and then I want to give you a few things to take home with you tonight or this morning. But the the first question that I want to answer with you is this. What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Because we hear that all the time. We hear the filling of the Holy Spirit, and depending on your context and when you first heard that, either one of two things happens. Either you come clear over here and you're like, I don't want anything to do with that. That's weird. Or you might be over here swinging from chandeliers. You're like, you, you know, like, okay. And I'm here to tell you this morning, we talked about this last week, both of those extremes are not right and they are not God. There's a middle ground here where God says, no, no, this is the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. This is what it means. And that's what we're talking about. So what does it mean to be filled? The promise of God's power in your life coming upon you as we read Scripture, according to Luke 24, is it's the infilling or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the the reason for that is the baptism of the Spirit is the empowering work of God through the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer to do good works of service in his kingdom. That's it. That's what it's for. He empowers you. Everybody say empower. He empowers you for good works, to do good works for the kingdom. Now listen, while, while all of us receive the Spirit... When we come to faith in Christ, as soon as we recognize that he's Lord and Savior and accept him, we receive the Holy Spirit. He comes in us. There's, but there's also a pattern in Scripture where we see the believer is continually being filled with the Holy Spirit after Pentecost. We will read that in Acts chapter 2. He, we're continually being filled. By the way, this is not a one-time experience. This isn't... Yes, you'll have a first-time experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit, but it is to be a continual, daily experience that we repeat where we're filled with God's Spirit. And we read, actually, in Acts 2, where the Holy Spirit was poured out on all the early believers. That first time, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. But this is what's interesting. Yet, in Acts chapter 4, we see that same group of people that were filled with the Holy Spirit. We see them lifting up their voices to God, and they're being filled again. In fact, I want to read it with you. Acts 4.31, let's go there together. It says this. It says, and when they had prayed, this is the same group of people. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with what? Oh, come on. You can't say boldness like that. They spoke the word of God with what? Boldness. 
There you go, lead church. You see, these believers, they had already been filled with the Spirit. And yet, because of challenges that they were facing, how many of you have ever faced a challenge in this life? If, if, unless you're a baby, get your hand up, okay? We've all faced it. And, and because of the challenges that they were facing and the obstacles that were before them, they knew that they needed a fresh baptism, a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. So what did they do? We just read it. They lifted up their voices and they cried out for more. When's the last time you did that? When's the last time you asked God, God, give me more of your Holy Spirit? Because here's the reality. This is what I've learned. Do you know what we are? Every single one of us, there's nobody that's an exception. We've got holes in us. We're leaky. Look at your neighbor and say, you leak. <laughs> you leak. <laughs> you do. Every single one of us. Sometimes we hear it when it leaks, you know, okay? We leak. We're leaky. I just went somewhere we should not have gone in church. <laughs> Forgive me. It's, it's raw. It's real around here at Lee Church. But we're leaky. And so because we are, listen, we leak vision. We leak, we, leak, we leak the Holy Spirit. And so therefore, God knew that we need a continual refilling of the Holy Spirit in our life. Listen, my personal experience with this, not because I'm a pastor, but because I'm a human being is that there's been moments in my life where I've been weak, I've been worried, I've been in trouble, I've been, you know, relationships are hard, come on somebody, marriage is difficult, come on somebody, of course not me, I'm not talking about, I have the best relationship in the room, she's on the front row, it's tough, right, it's tough, raising children, come on, it's tough, and I know that in Josh's strength, I can't do this on my own. And so I pray, God, would you give me the power of the Holy Spirit to lead my family right, to lead them in paths of righteousness. Let me be real clear. When you come to Christ, there is no question that the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. Don't question that. He's there on the inside of you. But when you cry out, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, there is a fresh overflowing that will come upon you, the, the power of the Holy Spirit, the, and it will be a presence in your life that will lead you to do great and mighty things in God's kingdom. Acts chapter 8, when we see Peter and John, they actually, this is a great, a great place to study this out. Because I love this account because they went to a neighboring region in Samaria. Let's read it together. This is in verse 14. It says this. Now when the apostles were at, were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had, been, he had fallen upon none of them, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. In other words, they had been saved. They'd recognized and accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And then verse 17, then they laid hands on them. Here's the biblical model. They laid hands on them, and they received. Everybody said received. Come on, received the Holy Spirit. Now, this is what's interesting right here. Again, we get truth from God's word, not from man. And God's word right here is laying out the pattern. It, it, if it wasn't possible that some, for someone to have been saved yet not filled with the Holy Spirit, then the apostles would not have prayed for them anymore, right? 
The reason that they prayed for them more was not so that they would be saved, but so that they would receive, everybody say receive, the Holy Spirit. And so that's why later in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, he's writing to the church of Ephesus. They're Christians. They're saved. And he says this to them. He says, don't be drunk on wine, right? He says, that's debauchery. Don't do that. What does he say? But be what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. They were already saved in Ephesus. He's writing to the church. They already accepted Jesus. But he's saying, listen, that's not the end. You need more. You need the presence and the filling of the Holy Spirit in your life. Are you getting this this morning? So listen, this verb right here is interesting too, fulfilled. The verb tense here, if you look at it in the Greek, in the Greek, there's a verb tense that we don't really have in the English language, that it's a present, active, continuous verb. In, In other words, it's saying this is always happening. So basically what Paul was saying was, let's be continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you see that? I want you to be continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. Once isn't enough. You need the Holy Spirit. I kind of think of it this way. This is my shameless guilt thing right here. How many of y'all know uh, McDonald's is a good example of this, the, the fountain drink places, right? You know, you just go up there, and when you run out, what do you do? You just go up there, and you get yourself more, right? You know what I'm talking about. Y'all looking at your guilt shaming me right now. I see it in your eyes. I get Coke Zero, okay? But you're continually, you're like, if I run out, I go up there and I get myself some more. I go up and get more when I run out, right? He's saying, listen, continually, continuously be filled with the Holy Spirit. So what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? We just talked about that. Number two, the other question that I want to answer for you this morning is this. Why? We know what it is. Why is it important to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And we actually go back to our theme verse in the book of Acts 1.8, and we'll see this. I want to read it again for you this morning. But you shall what? Receive power when the Holy Spirit has come, what? Upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and the end of the earth. It comes upon you to what? Be my, go ahead, to be my there you, some of you are getting it, some of you. The rest of you, we got a few more weeks left. That's all right. But Jesus tells them, listen, there's a purpose behind the power. There's a purpose behind why you are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not for your own goosebumps. It's not for a crazy atmosphere. There's a purpose for you being filled with the Holy Spirit, And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you become a delivery person of the power tools of the Spirit of God. You become Amazon Prime. Come on, somebody. How many of y'all like Amazon Prime showing up at your doorstep? That's what you are. There's gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to us to show up on the doorsteps of people's life and show them through the power of God that he's real, that he's active, that he's alive, and there is a better tomorrow for them. That's what we get filled for. We become a conduit of, to help people, hurting people in this world. That's why we say all the time at Lead Church, listen, we're glad you're here. We're glad that you show up on Sunday morning, but don't let that be the end. Engage in what God's doing. 
Engage in his service. Serve here. Serve in the community. Get engaged. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and see the outflow of that in your life. And Paul shares that, listen, there's many Amazon Prime gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us. Go to Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians. I'm totally rewriting God's word here a little bit. Forgive me, Jesus. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it says this. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for what? The profit of, are you in all? The profit of all. Watch. For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another the faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings. These are all gifts gifts of healings by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually what as he wills. All of these amazing gifts of the spirit, if you look closely, if you look close at God's word, Every single one of these gifts is given to help us make disciples, to build leaders, and to change lives. That sounds really familiar. That's what it's given for. You are to be filled to be spilled in this life. And so in our remaining time, here's what I want to do. I've got just a few minutes left. I want to give you three keys to living a filled life with the Holy Spirit. And I've got to fly through this because they are, I'm telling you, they put my... Would you just pray for the team back here? Because they put my time on overdrive back there every single week. So here we go. Number one, key number one is we have to ask. We have to ask. The same way that you receive anything else in this life, you have to ask for the Spirit's presence and his power in your life. Crying out to God and they were filled. You have to ask for it. Luke, Luke 11, this is a really good verse to study here. It says this in verse 9. It says, so I say to you, this is Jesus speaking. He says, I say to you, ask, and you will, it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be, be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Now, I want to stop there. Because I want to I bring some correct theology to this verse. Because a lot of times, this is the verse that we like to claim to get the Lamborghini. Right? Oh, just ask and it will be given to you. And you should just receive the, the mansion on a hillside. Hold on a second. Hold on a second because that's way out of context with what God's saying. Let's go on. Verse 11 says this. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Then verse 13, listen, here's the key. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give you a Lamborghini to those who ask? It doesn't say that, does it? How much more will the, whole, the, the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? All we have to do, number one, is ask and be filled with the Holy Spirit. I gotta, I'm going to jump ahead here. i got to go way down here. Number two, we have to receive. Number one, we ask. Number two, we receive. Everything that God gives, 
we have to receive it. We have to receive that gift. If I had a wad of $100 bills in my pocket up here and I told you, hey, they're yours, what do you still have to do? You have to, I, don't rush the stage. They're not in there, okay? But you have to come receive it. You have to receive the gift. James says this. It says that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above. Ask knowing that you're ready to receive. That's the key. Here's another key. You've got to slow down your life long enough to receive. Can I just tell you that some of us, we are so busy. I think one of the keys of the devil in this life is he keeps us busy so that we miss out on the blessings of God. Some of us have to slow down so that we can receive. Have you ever tried to take a glass of water running 100 miles an hour? It doesn't work out so well. I tried that in a race. I wasn't going 100 miles an hour. I think I might have been going half a mile an hour, and that didn't work out so long. I was running a 5K, and they're handing you a cup of water. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? Sometimes you have to stop and slow down and receive the gift that's being offered. Some of us were just go, 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 and therefore we never receive. We can ask all day, and God's like, I'm ready to give it to you. I'm right here. Here's the cup of water. Here you go. Here you go. But we never stop to get it. Number, number one, we got to ask. Number two, we have to receive. Number three, I land the plane right here. Take a risk. Take a risk. You need to step out in faith. Remember, he gives the gift so that we can help build the kingdom. He doesn't give the gift so that we can sit in a service and get spiritually fat and have goosebumps. That's not the point of the Holy Spirit coming upon the believer step out in faith let's go back to the previous series fear not stand still be at peace and then what go forward take a risk you see here's what I want you to understand and I, I bring it right down to this right here God's not going to force you to operate in his gifts he's a gentleman He's never going to force that upon you. It is going to take you saying, God, I want to receive. God, I'm asking to receive. God, I'm posturing myself to receive. And God, I have the faith that once I do, I'm willing to step out for you. What does that look like? Maybe for some of you, it's the conversation that you've been putting off with a loved one that you know that he's been prompting you over and over and over again but you maybe you're kind of like Peter pre being filled with the Holy Spirit he's like no 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 I want to empower you to with confidence have that conversation step out in faith and have the conversation maybe for some of you he's been leading you towards starting a small group that's an amazing thing to do come on somebody man step out in faith with confidence that he will empower you through the Holy Spirit to lead that group well and lead people towards righteousness. You see, here's where I, I want to end to this morning. Here's what I know. God's not looking for golden vessels. He's not even looking for silver vessels. Do you know what he's looking for? He's looking for available vessels. Are you available to receive? Are you available to step out in faith with the power of the Holy Spirit on your life to see disciples made, leaders built, and lives changed. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray 
in this place this morning that you will continue to till up the soil of our hearts to be receptive to receiving the power of the Holy Spirit in our life so that, Father, we can walk with boldness towards the things that you are calling us to do. We thank you for this time together. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you've been here speaking to each and every single one of us. And I pray that, Father, as we go through this week, that we'll fall more in love with you, that we'll hear your voice clearly, and that, Father, that there will be clarity over the confusion of what the world is trying to say. And we will lean in to you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. I love you, Lee Church.